Windy City Nation, welcome back into the Windy City Hoops podcast, your go-to for all things Windy City Bulls. I'm your host, Joe Kesnick. Since we last talked, Bulls had a bit of a win streak in the middle of the month, knocking off the Grand Rapids Drive, Wisconsin Herd, and Raptors 905 for three in a row. Dropped their last two since to the Long Island Nets and the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. The Bulls will take on the Westchester Knicks tonight in Westchester on ESPN+. Plus. So look out for that. On the pod today, got a bit of a discussion on that Bulls win streak and the future of the team this year with Julio Rosseo, Chris Rouse, and Andy Mazur. But first, had a chance to sit down with Bulls guard Raleigh Alkins. Raleigh in his first year with the Bulls after outstanding career at the University of Arizona. We talk a little bit about that, as well as his journey from growing up in Brooklyn to his first year in the G League. We're joined today by two-way Windy City Bulls guard Raleigh Alkins. Raleigh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, my man. So, Thanksgiving yesterday, you guys had, had the day off coming back from Toronto. Heard of this little hiccup with the travel. How was the Thanksgiving holiday yesterday? It was pretty, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, we traveled from Canada yesterday morning, and then um, we had like a little team dinner team dinner and uh, after that you know i had a surprise for my mom she came in town brought some home food so that was fun too awesome she came out from the new york area what did she bring out and all the all the good foods that i'm normally that i normally used to eat before i used to start this traveling and before college so you know it was always it's always good to have that when you go home could get a little family mid-season a little comfort food so the team trying to get back to 500 mark here tonight against long island riding a three-game winning streak what's been different to get you guys back on the winning side of things um, the team, we're just starting to come together. In the beginning, we were still filling each other out, um, knowing where guys want the ball, where guys don't want the ball, knowing what guys are comfortable with. And uh, we're starting to come together. We're starting to get uh, a lot more confident. And um, guys are playing a lot more confident. And we're, we're, just, we're just playing our game. I know you had a big game against Grand Rapids. What do you think was the difference in that, kind of your breakout game against them last week? Um, I was just being aggressive. I wasn't thinking too much. Everything, if you kind of look at the clips and the plays, I was just playing through what they were giving me. I wasn't yeah. forcing much. I was just trying to be aggressive. And me being aggressive doesn't mean shoot 30 times. It just means me letting them know I'm on the court, letting them have a field, letting them know that I'm a threat to make a play every possession. It doesn't have to be score. It can be a great assist, great rebound, all that type of stuff. So when I ask you that, how do you see your role fitting with the team thus far? Uh, just doing whatever it takes to win. I'm a competitor, and uh, most importantly, I want to be known as a winner. And, um, you know, our first couple of losses, you know, it kind of it kind of got to me a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's never a great feeling losing. So, you know, when we, when we uh, that Grand Rapids game, we came out with a lot more energy, and we came out with that winning mentality, knowing that, like, you know, we had nothing to lose at that point because we were already on, like, a five-game losing streak. So we just thought we had to give it our all. I think those the Grand Rapids team, they had about seven NBA players on that team. Right. They had, uh, you know, Henry Ellison, Kyrie Thomas, Bruce Brown. Like, you know, that's the, that top of my head, all I can name right now. And then the two-way players that they have, too. So, you know, we knew it was going to be a great game. It was a great crowd. But we just had to give it our all. That's all we thought about. You guys had some great chemistry in that first game, that opening game. There have been some changes, some injuries going on. That happens with G League rosters, some changes throughout. How do you keep that chemistry going with those changes that are happening? Throughout practice, every day in practice, getting more familiar in conversation, too. Conversation communicating is the most important thing. 
for example, a guy like Farrell, he's a shooter from the three-point line, and he's a roller. He's a, and he's a, he can finish. So there's times where he tells me this is where he wants the ball. Like this is where he's gonna. He's more comfortable cutting at this possess this play, and he's more comfortable popping for a three. So you know, just getting familiar with those type, um, that type of thing, and just getting to know your teammates, and then uh, it's showing on the court. And you grew up in Brooklyn. How'd you end up out west in Arizona? How'd that end up being the, the spot that you went to? Man, uh, when I took my college visit, you know, it was nothing like it. You know, I'm a guy from the city, New York City, and then uh, that was my first time seeing that West Coast lifestyle. Yeah. You know, all the, the trees, the sun. <laughs> it was a whole different lifestyle. And then um, I went to the game. I went. I watched U of A. They played against Oregon. Right. And then that crowd was nothing like I've ever seen. That was yeah. my first time seeing, like, a real college basketball atmosphere. And I thought, like, man, I could see myself here for years. I could yeah. see myself here. And then um, they ended up losing that game. But when they lost, it was their first loss. And, like, it was Coach Miller's. That was supposed to be his 50th home uh, game in a row. And yeah. then they ended up losing that game. And then Coach Miller told me, he was like, man, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm <laughs> lost. Like, yeah, but he thought he lost me at, that, at that, okay. uh, that game. And I told him, I said, you know, that made me want to come more because it felt like the world ended in the, that uh, atmosphere, okay. the crowd. It felt like they lost, too. That's the type of uh, environment I wanted to be a part of. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a winning team, winning tradition, and that's, what, that's how I want to be known as. New York hoop scene, obviously a huge hoop scene. Are guys venturing out from wanting to stay out east from coming up in the New York hoop scene? Well, you start to see it varies. You start to see some guys from the East Coast go out to, to the West Coast. I think everyone's situation is different. I feel like some guys do it for different reasons. Um, you know, whether it's uh, they want to go away from home, be away from home. Some guys stay on the East Coast because they know they're closer to home and stuff like that. My situation is different from anyone else's. How did growing up in New York shape your game as it is now? Made me a tougher, tougher player. Um, you know, growing up in New York, you know, it's always. Uh, be killed or, or get killed right. on the court. You know, right. exposed or get exposed. Yeah. When you're playing, you know, especially I used to grow up playing in the park a lot and playing in these uh, park tournaments. You know, they always have like the commentators and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, it made me, it made me the guy who I am today because I, I, that's how I attack, attack everyone. I brought it to the college game too. I brought that exposed or get exposed on the college game and uh, it helped me be more competitive. And, uh, you know, some guys on the West Coast and some guys in general, they just, think basketball basketball you just got to have the perfect jump, jump shot right. but there's things that you can't teach and I think that's heart and competitiveness you could teach the, the the little things like the skill work the dribbling all that type of stuff if you could, if a guy doesn't have heart or that uh competitive nature you know it's hard to hard to show on the court do you have any experience playing at Rucker or any other courts that guys came back to and any stories about some pros going back to that area and playing I haven't played recently. It was more my high school days, my right. junior year and my senior year. I played in Rucker Park, Dykeman, all those type of leagues, the nice. big leagues. And uh, I showcased myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember, I don't know if you remember, Elite 24. Yeah. It's another big event yeah. uh, in New York, in the Barclays. And at that yeah. time, you know, I was I was huge in New York. The New York City fans, they show a lot of love, and, I, you know, I love them. And uh, it was just a great experience. Speaking of pros, a couple great pros you played with at Arizona, two of the, the great young big men in the league. How do you compare and contrast their games as far as playing with them and, and where they're at right now? Um, just that, that grind. You know, I was, I was with them the last two years. Lowry first and then DeAndre second. But, uh, you know, Lowry, watching him, his situation was different from um, DeAndre's. You know, he was a guy from overseas. Right. No one pretty much heard about him as much. Yeah. And then he just bursted onto the scene, shooting shooting the lights out of it. And then, uh, you know, we another thing that we did was we won. So when we win, 
when, when you with team success comes individual success and then he started becoming more known on the national stage had a lot more TV games and the whole world started to figure out who he was and then you know he, they started to see what we, we always saw and then with DeAndre you know he was uh, pretty much the number one recruit coming out of high school so everyone really pretty much knew who he was, and uh, you know he just basically basically just had to produce. Yeah. So, but I think that they they're both having great careers right now. You know, Larry, I've been when I've been to a couple of Bulls practices uh, recently, and I see him getting back, working hard. His shot is always still there, yeah. and uh, you know I'm excited for him to get back. Well, yeah, I'm sure you got some good advice from those guys on, on transition to being a pro. I read that you got some great advice from James Harden as well. What's the best advice you've gotten as far as transitioning from the college game to the pro game? Oh man. Uh, I can't really think from the top of my head uh, from who, but I know that uh, just play fast. The game is way faster than college. You know, college is 35-second shot clock, and the NBA is 24. So the game is just there's a lot more possessions, a lot more plays, and um, just be competitive. That's the, the main thing. And coming from a blue-chip program like Arizona with that, too, obviously the new rule coming in as far as guys being able to come right from high school to jump into the G League directly or choose to go to college. If you had that choice when you were coming out of high school, what do you think you would have done along those lines, choosing a major program like that or, or maybe doing a jump to the G League? Uh, I pretty, I, I think I probably would have stayed, still went to Arizona. You know, U of A is nothing like a college experience. Um, when I went to Arizona, you know, I fell in love with the, the fan base and the, the school, the program, that winning tradition. And uh, I feel like everyone needs that experience. But, I mean, again, everyone's situation is different. So, you know, it's hard to tell what someone would do, what people should do. There's no right or wrong answer because it's all different situations. But I feel like, for me, I probably would have still went to Arizona. Definitely a recent process for you as far as from when you're in high school till now. As you're talking with guys, I mean, what's the perception of the G League, how the league's growing and, and changing? The G League's definitely growing. You know, they have a lot more uh, exposure. Uh, you see a lot of NBA guys. There's a lot of draft picks that, you know, I've seen get drafted on draft night, you know, years before I even uh, thought about becoming a basketball player in the G League. And I'm like, wow, like he, he plays here too? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a different it's a different grind. At the same time, everyone has that same goal, which is to become an NBA player. And I think that um, there's no exposure because you get an exposure from NBA coaches, NBA staff, and uh, you never know who's watching. That's right. the big thing. You know, there's, you're playing every team's, every professional team's development team. So, for example, you know, obviously right now I'm on a two-way contract with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So Chicago Bulls, they're watching, they're constantly watching us every day. And they're telling me what I need to work on to, um, you know, to get better. And with certain guys on our team, you know, they have the whole league watching them. Right. Not just uh, one team, not just the Chicago Bulls. So, you know... We, like, for example, tonight we played Long Island Nets. The Brooklyn Nets is probably what going to watch. And then, you know, some guy on our team might get that exposure, might have a great game, and then you never know what might happen. But at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a different grind. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So you kind of just take things day by day, and uh, you just got to work hard and then trust the process. Yeah, it's kind of an audition every night. You can see that with Archie Diacono and Blakeney, you know, getting those auditions last year and now getting the minutes with the Bulls as well. Has the Bulls organization kind of talked to you about that, that transition they made and, and how to make that happen? Exactly. Um, talking to the GM, talking to the owners of the team, they kind of told me the same exact thing that they um, they did the, the game plan they had for Archie and Blakeney. Um, they were two-way players last year. I think I'm not too sure. I think both of them were undrafted. I'm not sure. But I think uh, after they had great seasons and then, you know, both of them got their uh, two-way converted. 
at the same time, you know, everyone's situation is different, like I said. So um, what they, um, like, for example, Blakeney's a scorer. He scores, uh, I think he averaged like 35 points a game. Right. This team, they don't need me to do that. We just need to get wins, and that's the, my main goal. My main goal is to win and get better. But uh, winning doesn't hurt as well. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I don't need to go in here and score 40 points a night to be seen by the team, for the team to want me. They have Zach Levine. They have Blakeney. They have all those guys that's already. True. It's just what separates you. And uh, I think uh, my all-around play, me being a, a passer, rebounder competitor that winning mentality and uh just you know i want to bring it on the defensive end as well and i think that only time will tell so how are you taking in being in the chicago area versus the new york area how do you compare the two cities that you got much time to experience the city since yeah. you've been here yeah since i've been here in the beginning this uh chicago reminded me just like new york yeah you know where we are right now in hoffman it's not yeah it's, 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 it's a lot of yeah, yeah it's kind of like arizona I was, yeah. i'll give it that it's okay. a lot like arizona but um, it's kind of like being from New York and I'm in Manhattan when I'm in Chicago and yeah. I'm in Long Island when I'm out here in okay. Hoffman. Right. So exactly. uh, it's, uh, you know, it's different. But I feel like um, Hoffman, we're really traveling every day. So right. it's hard to just stick home. But I think that, you know, I love Chicago. What are you looking forward to the most from this season? Development, just getting better as a player and a person. I feel like um, that's, all, that's all I can ask. Right now, I think that, you know, like taking day, things day by day, I don't want to have my hopes up with anything. Yeah. So I don't want to, like, you know, say the wrong thing or say something that doesn't that I don't mean. Yeah. So I think that um, just getting better every day and uh, just taking things day by day. Thanks, Raleigh. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you. Huge thanks to Raleigh for joining us. That hard work's been paying off for him in his first year with the Winnie City Bulls, averaging 14.5 points per game, three assists, and five boards. Up next, we're joined by Julio Arceo, Chris Rouse, and Andy Mazur to talk about how this Bulls roster is developing in this first month of the season. Happy to be joined by Windy City Bulls broadcasters Julio Arceo, Chris Rouse, and Andy Mazur. Julio and Chris will be on the TV call tonight on Facebook Live and NBC Sports Chicago. Andy will be on the radio call on SportsTownChicago.com. Guys, welcome back to the pod. Good to be here. So the Bulls on a bit of a winning streak right now after some early struggles. They have a chance to get back over the 500 mark with a win tonight versus the Nets and a win Saturday over the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. So what's changed over these past few games do you think that's led to get them back in the win column? If you look at the box score against 905 uh, the other night, it was bench scoring and really the emergence of Kaiser Gates. He's been playing well the last few games. Uh, obviously, Charlie Henry would like to see his his starting five produce and score in, in double figures, but for the Bulls to have three out of their five bench scores in Ontario scoring double figures, leading the way with Kaiser Gates having five scoring nine off the bench that's key so it, the bench scoring has helped in the last couple of games and I think leading the charge is uh, the rookie Kaiser Gates from Xavier yeah for me I would have to say that it's been the, that the Bulls have been playing with a lot of confidence as of late Kaiser Gates looks a little bit more sure of himself when you see him on the floor that's how he got to this average of 19 points and eight rebounds in this three-game win streak also in the game at uh, Grand Rapids I thought Raleigh Alkins finally was the most aggressive we've seen him so far this season was able to put up 30 points and I know I remember Julio when we, you and I talked to him immediately day he said he wanted to be more of a team player but he actually looked more comfortable looking for his own shot and we saw that in the game against Grand Rapids and that's how he got the 30 points. Yeah it's interesting too that they're doing all this without Tyler Uless. Um, you know the guy's been missing in action here for uh, for the last week, uh, couple of weeks and you know you never want to see one of your best scorers 
go out, but sometimes it frees other guys up exactly. to kind of do what they do rather than try to, uh, you know, receive a pass. They're actually going to get it, you know, instead of having to feel like you need to pass it off exactly. once more, you take it to the basket yourself. So, again, I mean, you, you want Tyler Ulis in the lineup. I think they're a much better club with him in there. But it, it has freed some other guys up. You, you know, you mentioned Kaiser Gates. Watching him shoot three, uh, watching him shoot threes, who knew that he had the, the, the distance on that? I mean, he never really displayed any of that in the, in the first couple of home games that we've seen him here. So, yeah, and I agree with you guys. Confidence is, is certainly key. And, and I think the rotation is a little bit more yeah. pronounced at this point. Guys know when they're going to be playing and where they're going to be playing. And I think that's a good point, Andy. I think you're going back to what I was saying, like Kaiser Gates showing a little bit more confidence. I know in college he was more of a three-point shooter, but maybe he felt a little bit more nervous with a guy like Tyler Eulis <laughs> in the lineup because that's your ace. That's your number one scorer. Then you got Riley Hawkins who's supposed to be a number two. So like you said, with those guys out the lineup, he says, hey, somebody's got to step up and take those shots. And I guess he's felt, he's felt like he's going to take, take that role and, and make that happen for the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, you've seen a lot of roster changes early on the season, even more than you usually see with a G League team. So you've seen some different guys stepping up. What have you guys seen on both sides of the floor as defensive and offensive catalysts? You've seen commitment to defense this year from this team, only giving up 94 points a game these last three games, a good streak of defense. So what do you guys see on both ends of the floor as far as the leaders go? Well, you know, you look at some of the offense, the way it's been spread out now. I mean, we talk a lot about Alkins, and we've talked a lot about Kaiser Gates, but you know CJ Fair has gotten his uh, his act together, so to speak, and uh, a couple double doubles and crashing the boards, which is something that they really need. You know, and Farrakhan Hall was was big early on, especially just being a, a presence there in the middle defensively. And if there's one thing I've learned in covering basketball over the years, good defense usually leads to pretty decent and easy offense because you're usually in transition at that point. So I think that that emphasis that Charlie Henry is putting on this club. It, maybe the message is starting to sink in. You know, that if you play uh, good, solid defense on one end of the floor, you're going to get rewarded, especially if it's a big guy running the floor. You're going to get rewarded with a, with, a, with a pass. The key to the last three games, they've held their opponents to under 100 points. The most they gave up was 99 against the Herdback on the 17th, 91 against the 905, a team that came into the Sears Center back on Sunday the 11th, put up 111. So collectively, the defense has been pulling the weight Offensive guys, especially the bench side, as we mentioned a few minutes ago with Kaiser Gates producing the offensive end, but I think the defense is really getting the, into teams. And if you can go three games holding to, holding an opponent in this type of basketball to under under 100 points is very significant. You know what I think is coming up for the Bulls defensively? I think it's pride. You, you come yeah. out, you lose, what was it, four or five in a row. That gets to you after a while. You're, these guys are competitors. They're already competing to try to make an NBA roster. Now you're here at the G League level. You're, you're losing games. You're getting blown out. You're blowing leads to the Grand Rapids Drive. I think I think the pride has come in for them. And now defensively, they say they want to get it done on both ends of the floor. I thought C.J. Fair probably displayed that better than anyone had. Probably the best game in a loss. He, his best game of the season he had, well, he had 14 points, 9 rebounds, and uh, 7 assists in a game against Memphis, excuse me, 16 points in that right. game against Memphis. I thought that was probably the best game he's played all season. They couldn't get the win, but you know what? He said, you know what? I'm going to help my teammates get it going, and then they end up with this three-game win streak. And that's what I wanted to get into a little bit deeper with you guys, uh, broader conversation about the G League. I'm glad you brought up pride. So you talk about winning and losing yeah. in the G League. You've got Charlie Henry now in his second year with the team. They're around the 500 mark last year. They're around that same mark again this year. But you're, when you're really evaluating G League coach, do we want to evaluate wins or do we want to evaluate developing players? I mean, you look two perfect examples of 
Antonio Blakeney and Ryan Archidiakono. Again, they're around that 500 mark last year, but they're developing their skills to the point where they're getting heavy minutes, given some injuries with the Bulls right now. Getting heavy minutes, and they're well developed. So don't say both. I want to just say both. <laughs> Pick one priority. No, it's player development. I think it's player yeah. development. You look at teams around the G League over the last couple of years and players who have produced in the NBA. Golden State's benefiting with Quint Cook, who's doing tremendous in limited minutes, but doing a great job for Golden State. You look at Raptors 905, how they benefited uh, with the Toronto Raptors, the New York Knicks, how they benefited with guys over the last couple of years. Uh, Hernan Gomez, uh, there's a a plethora of, of examples. Yeah, it's, it's got to be player development. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you, Julio. It's definitely player development because you think about a key cog in that Warriors rotation, Alfonso McKinney. We had him here when the Bulls were 23 and 27. No, no playoff appearances, but he's a standout player. He was a player that's developed his game, adjusted to an NBA level after going overseas and then coming back. And then also you think about Raptors 905, they had Pascal Siakam. He's yeah. in their starting rotation. Now, it doesn't hurt if you win a G League championship like Raptors 905 did a few seasons ago. Or Spencer Dinwiddie. He played limited games with Windy City Bulls two seasons ago. The Brooklyn Nets saw something in limited action two years ago. He's been with the Nets ever since. So it's I think player development is is critical in this league. I'm going to say I'm going to say neither because I'm going to go off the board and say that it's it's more organization development because you're you're teaching here what they're teaching up there. He, yeah. Charlie Henry told us in media day that 80% of what he does comes from what they do with, with the Bulls, and 20% is kind of what he does here. So you're, you're, you're trying to accustomize guys to the fact that, hey, you might get called up. This is what they run. Get good at it because we yeah. need you to be up there and helping out if you get to that point. So, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a, a fringe way of saying player development, but I think it's, I think it's more organizational thinking, too, that the organization wants to look at this coach and say, okay, you're teaching our guys our philosophies, and you're teaching our guys what we do up here. Yeah, well, I had a great, interesting sit-down with Roy Alkins today, and, and he talked about that a little bit, that every night's an audition night, whether it's for your own organization or for other teams, scouts as well. So you've got to show – you know, not just that development, but winning plays. Mm-hmm. And you got to show that winning mentality of, of making those plays. I mean, these guys are auditioning for a you know, backup spot, a backup role. They're not jumping into starting. So they've got to show those winning plays. It's tough to do that unless you're actually winning. You need to combine those two things. Well, yeah, I mean, kind, kind of yes and kind of no. Because, you know, when we talk to these guys media day, you know, you, you ask the guys, especially the two-way guys, hey, is there any extra pressure on you because you're a two-way guy? Are you feeling like you need to go out there and do more than maybe you know you would normally do? And to a man, both Mulder, I mean uh, both Ulis and uh, Alkins told us we got to be team players because those are the kind of players that they're looking for. Whether you're winning or losing, if you're making key, if you're making team plays, I think organizations notice that. Uh, you can't help what team you're on at this right. point. Right. You can help the kind of player that you are and the kind of mentality you have when it comes to getting teammates involved. Or having to take the scoring on yourself. I mean, you know, we talk about it. If, if, you, if you're passing to a guy and he's not shooting the ball and he's not he's not hitting it, well, you, you're going to start taking it yourself. Right. But it's not like a show-off situation where, you know, I hate to say this about Antonio Blakeney, but, you know, the guy never passed. And he was looking for his. And that's fine because he, he got rewarded for it. But I think these guys here are a little bit more passive in that respect and, and trying to fill those roles like you're talking about. Not the main guy, not the main scorer, but a good role player and know that role. What do you guys see for the future as far as building off this defensive run they've had? What do you see for the future of this second month of the season for this team? Well, you got to take care of home. you got to mm-hmm. take care of home. You can't have big leads against teams at, at your own building and then just let it fall apart in one quarter. 
So moving forward for this Windy City team, I think until we get Tyler Eulis back, this is a great time, like you said, Andy, audition time. It's mm -hmm. audition time for these other players, and they look pretty good on the road trip. Now it's just time to take care of home, get some home wins, and get the, get the crowd behind you a little bit here moving right. forward. A lot of uh, familiarity in the next couple of weeks for Windy City. And then you've got the, the showcase in uh, the middle of December, so that's coming up. So it's, 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 it's a fun week, light schedule for the guys as well. Uh, I'm expecting more aggressiveness on, on the defensive end and really the team really gelling together over the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping for health because we'd like to be able to see uh, you know, guys like Sampson and also guys like uh, Tyler Euless back in the lineup. But you know, the other thing is consistency as far as the rotation is concerned. I know Charlie Henry's trying to do what he can in that respect. you got to ride a hot hand if you got a guy shooting lights out like Kaiser Gates has been. But, you know, you want to see guys in, in different types of situations as well. You know, with the lead, behind in the game, defensive stop, offense, you need a bucket. I mean, he, he's really trying some different things. But you want to see him be able to fight, say, listen, okay, I need, a, I need a bucket off the bench. Uh, you go in. Uh, I need a defensive stop. Okay, you're my guy. And these guys get to know that kind of thing, and, and they can prepare for it. Great. And what do we see as far as these two games, these two home games this weekend? What do you see in the matchups for tonight and for Sunday? Well, tonight's matchup against Long Island Nets would be a true test because this is a team that has four players averaging double figures in points. So there would be no plays. There needs to be no plays taken off tonight for the Windy City Bulls. They wouldn't have any chance of winning. Uh, Allen Williams averaging a double-double. He will definitely make the Bulls work on both ends of the floor. Uh, for Fort Wayne, uh, I guess that's just a game because that's going to be a bit of a quick turnaround. You're playing here tonight. you got tomorrow off, but then you got to play at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. So at that point, it's just a matter of can you conserve enough energy to, to try to win that game on Sunday to beat a Fort Wayne team who has been pretty solid the past few seasons and also right now just about a half game up on you in the Central Division standings. I think more importantly, these next two games, just focus more on yourself. And, and again, if you, can, if you can work hard on the defensive end, if you can limit a hot scoring Long Island Nets team to around 100 points. You've got a great chance to win to win tonight. On Sunday, I expect it to be a gritty defensive type of game. Could be hovering around the mid 90s, like an old like an old Bulls Pistons game. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, that, those, those were kind of uh, defensive, uh, gritty, grind out type of games. You know, I think tonight, you know, there's a, a big task, but I think this this Windy City Bulls team is feeling pretty good about itself right now, and especially, you know, as you mentioned earlier, coming back here to the uh, to the Sears Center. Getting a chance to be on the home floor for the first time in a while, you know, it's it's nice to be at home. It's nice to uh, have some familiarity in the in the shooting uh, shooting here, uh, the, the depth perception and all those kind of things that should not go unnoticed. Uh, so, and again, you know, with the quick turnaround, hey, that's going to be a fact of life, you know, in the NBA. You yeah. can't really you can't really say, well, you know, we have it, yeah, whatever. I mean, you're going to be playing on a Saturday night and coming back and playing somewhere else on Sunday afternoon. It's a quicker turnaround. So, I mean, it's one of those things you can't really. You can't really focus on that. you got to get back out there and execute your game plan. Defense is going to be the key in both of these games. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for joining me today. You got it. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again to Julio, Chris, and Andy for joining the pod. Again, you can catch Julio and Chris calling the games on Facebook Live as well as NBC Sports Chicago. And you can catch Andy calling the games on the radio on SportstownChicago.com. Well, Bulls fans, the holidays are here Windy City Bulls always have some great promotions going on during the holidays. Coming up, we've got the Illinois Bicentennial Night on December 3rd. Bulls will be taking on the South Bay Lakers that night. Have some great themed jerseys for that game you can bid on at auction. Go to WindyCityBulls.com to check those out. Also, the holiday party game will be coming up on December 15th. 
against the Capital City Go-Go. First 1,500 fans will receive Windy City Bulls holiday socks. Go to windycitybulls.com slash tickets. Check out the $62 family pack. Unbelievable deal. Four 100-level tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four drinks. Just $62. Again, check those out at windycitybulls.com slash tickets. That'll about do it for this episode of the Windy City Hoops podcast. We'll catch you next time. Until then, let's go Bulls.